Welcome, listeners, to another tantalizing COVID edition of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Heard here on WRIR LP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Yes, and so you guys, you know what season it is. Yes, it's COVID season, and yes, stay the hell away from me. Thank you. Thank I you. like that with your mask on. But. It's election season. It's election season. And this is our first show of our radio forums. Yes. Because we weren't going to let you guys go an entire election season without forums. The hell y'all thought was going to happen? Y'all know y'all was going to have a forum. This is our bread and butter, right? Yes. COVID was not going to keep y'all from these forums. Come on, man. ma'am. All y'all. Yep. All y'all. Can't get away from the forums. Listen up. Can't get away from the forums because this is where you learn about who is going to represent you. And we're really excited to present this. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we've actually been able to do it in this format. So, yes. You know, COVID has offered us an opportunity. COVID is changing all kinds of stuff. I'll tell you. We have um, a brand new guest, first timer. Really excited. For our guests to speak today, so why don't we let them introduce themselves? Yes. What's up, RBA Dirt fam? It's Nicole Jones, ninth district candidate for school board. I hope you are doing well. Yay! Yay! Conversation. I am a newbie, and I'm waiting. I'm hoping that the ladies treat me well and nice. So you guys stay along to see how that rolls out. (laughs) We will. We will. No, No, we're really excited to have you, and also. New blood on school board. Yes, we like to see, we love to see it. New faces running for office. We love it. And you're running unopposed. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a bonus. I mean, mm-hmm. a little bit of a bonus. But, you know, I don't take that for granted and I don't take it lightly because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, it's like you guys said, I'm new. Mm-hmm. And so I still have to build community and I still have to engage and really be a face and a voice that people become really familiar with Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping to really really activate my position in a way that changes the narrative about school board one because I'm a parent I've been in RVA for I got two children so my oldest is 29 my son my daughter is 19 so shut the front door man y'all know black don't crack man this child sitting in front of me I thought she was my age I know I knew, like, what? I knew this sister was like 30, man. Come on, man. I was like, there's no way. Well, we will keep that a secret. I'll tell you guys offline how All right. old mm-hmm. I really am. Man, but what? um, so again, the whole school education thing, I'm not new to this school board yeah. I am, but I'm not new to this as a parent and just um someone who understands community um and how community and schools equal, you know, strong schools, strong communities. So. Yes, 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 yes. So who's just to give our listeners a, a full, because we've it's been a, um, I guess this is what like the 330th day of March, right? Wow. We're, we're still <laughs> March of 2020. We're just stuck in that state. We've been through COVID. a lot, right, with COVID. So let's just give our guests a reminder, like who's currently sit, sitting in the ninth district. 
school board seat right now? Uh, the current incumbent is Linda Owing, mm -hmm. and she's amazing, you know. Um, I heard she endorsed you. She did, and she's amazing, you know. And so for me personally, like, I'm not here to talk about, I'm bringing all these new ideas, I'm going to change the trajectory of this, and, mm -hmm. you know, to diminish any of what she has done, mm -hmm. because Linda came in and did a lot of amazing things, and I'm here to just continue mm -hmm. on, you know, all the things that have put been put in place, and then, you know, look at the, the, the challenges that we are facing, and again, with COVID, mm -hmm. and, you know, schools being virtual, how can we take what's already in place and enhance it in a way where our students are thriving, you know, that our families are engaged, and that our parents feel like the school genuinely has their best interests at hand. So, yes, it was awesome to get endorsed by Linda, and again, I'm grateful for the work that she's done, but I know also that there's a different kind of work to be done, because we in a we in tough times right now, and yeah. so I want to be that person that is not just your school board member, but also, like, parent to parent. Like, I can relate. I get it. How can I help you? How can we help you? Mm -hmm. How can we grow and build together? So I'm looking forward to um, what's to come, and I know that it's going to be a few challenges, and it's going to be some good, but it's going to be amazing, and I'm excited about the journey and the ride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that positivity. Yes, because we need that right we now. We need it right now. I mean, times are tough. So what is it that drove you to run for school board, and what's your background like? So I was thinking about that, and I was like, well, what is your background? Are we talking personal, or are we talking professional? So I'm going to go a little bit personal, and my background is I'm a native New Yorker, and so born and raised, housing projects in New York. My mama is 74 years old and have been in the community her entire life. Mm -hmm. She's been a part of the National Action Network. She's been community engagement. She's done, you know, community drives. To this day, she still does block parties and back-to-school drives. And so that's my background. Like, that's the core, right? Mm -hmm. But then professionally, you know, I have experience in business development, procurement on a state level. I've worked in higher ed. I currently am donor relations director at Art 180. And so I've always been about centering youth voices. My daughter was a part of that program. And so that's how I got engaged and involved in Art 180. I came in as a mom supporting her kids in programs because that's what I learned back home, right? Mm -hmm. Great quality after-school programming. And right. so we got involved, and then I said, this is amazing, so I want to get involved too. And so I started volunteering, and then I got involved on a couple of the committees, came on the board, and then uh, my predecessor that was in my role, previous role, was moving, and they approached me about the position. And so from then, that's been what I've been doing for the last three years, but what I love about my role there is it allows me to connect and bring the community closer to Art 180 and to our young people. And so I'm always constantly about what can we do to make sure that our, and again, most of our young people are RPS students, right? right? So I'm yep. always on RPS. Again, like I said, my kids went to RPS, so I've always been involved in RPS, whether it's been on a PTA level, whether it's been as a parent advocate, you know, I'm the parent that's going to show up. I got questions. I need to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I need to know why this is happening over here. And just to backtrack a little bit, what actually brought me to Richmond was my son at the time was six years old, and I wanted to move to a different environment for better education. 
because I kind of was already, you know, uh, in tune with how New York was beginning to shift. And so I'm like, oh, I need to start thinking about education. Mm -hmm. And so I came to Richmond and we started out in the West End and it was like, uh, you know, this might be a little too white, you know, mm -hmm. and we moved to the East End and it was like, oh, this is great. But they really don't hear our kids over here. And this was, you know, different experiences. And so then I ultimately end up putting him in private school. And that was another thing that then it was like, oh, wait a minute. So just, you mean to tell me as a whole, the school system, you know, kind of has issues, you know, in the city, the county, private school. And so fast forward to 2020 and why I decided to run was just kind of sitting back, looking at my experience and my role now and my young people and what they have going on. I just want to be somebody that's always on or about transformation and change. And so, again, I was, like, sitting there really contemplating, like, could I do this? Should I do this? And then when I began to look at what I've done over the course of my life, it aligned. You know, it aligned. And so it's no different than me wanting to see my community evolve or my young people evolve. School board is the same thing. And so you're making decisions, but I also want to bring that parent voice forward. I also want to be the parent or the, you know, supporter that helps others understand, you know, what we need and what our needs are. So I think part of the running was just that, to be a regular person, to be able to bring a perspective that isn't always at the table and a perspective of lived experience yeah. that really adds to how we see our students, how we see our families and how we can move this whole system forward. So that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons primarily just stepping back and looking at and it's like, okay, so I don't really, you know, like see a whole lot, but I also feel like I can bring a whole lot. So I'm always about collaboration and working together. And um, I just think that being able to be in the positions that I've sat in will add a lot of value to the conversation and um, hopefully, you know, really get down and dirty about what it is that we can do to make sure that our students are thriving consistently but we also need to understand that when we talk about the communities that that's a real thing yeah it's not let's just oh the community it's a real thing and it's work and it's actively and proactively working to partner with the communities so. yes 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 and I love that you said proactively working we in Richmond tend to um, do a lot of <laughs> reacting mm -hmm. and by the time you react it's already too late because the damage is done and so when we can make plans and think about policy that affects us before we find ourselves in these situations especially for our kids um, in these schools that helps us better prepare and then we don't have to react absolutely because when you think about just different I mean if you want to just for instance, uh, technology. You know, why are our kids so behind in, front, in, in terms of technology? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, those are things that, I mean, you look at your kids, they on their phone all day, every day, mm -hmm. you know, so they you know technology. that. I mean, and they, my daughter helps me you know, in certain things. So, I mean, I think it's more about preparing and, you know, I'm always about empowering, you know, and, and, and allowing, not making decisions based on what we think somebody needs, but based on what they can tell you they need. And yes. so, and I asked my daughter, you know, and there was a huge learning curve, you know, having to step back as a parent and really allow your child to share with you what they need and then being open enough to be able to say, you know, okay, I'm going to try that, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, you know, it takes a very different type of awareness, mm -hmm. you know, to really trust the process. And so yeah. I think we do need to do a little bit 
better at preparing and setting our young people up for success on the front end as opposed to the back end, mm -hmm. and then we're not reacting. Absolutely. And so if we're having those conversations and we're looking at what are other people doing, you know, and I think part of that for me has to do with coming from a bigger city that's always been progressive and kind of understand the needs and so when you come in it's a little slower you're like well why haven't we you know so uh -huh. lots of questions but questions that I also am mindful that can't be addressed overnight because there are systems that have been in place for so long absolutely so and we're also dealing with a, a whole new world right yeah. under COVID so things that normally you know if we were to have asked a year ago, let's say, what was the most pressing point for the Ninth District in terms of schools, most people would have probably agreed that it was overcrowding in schools, right? And that we didn't have enough um, schools and that they needed a new uh, width and there it's just a lot, right? We needed all of these things and you just don't have enough. You needed more ESL teachers and different things. And now with COVID, it's like these things didn't just grow overnight, right? COVID continued to exacerbate those problems. And so now overcrowding is even more so an issue. The kids are at home, right? And the overcrowding per se is not necessarily an issue if they're not going to be in the building, but you still have limited resources to provide an education of value mm -hmm. and of sustenance for these kids that are now at home virtually, which is another whole different challenge, right? It's still in a district that has a growing, booming population of English as a second language students. Now what? <laughs> now what? Yeah, now what? I mean, how do you support teachers through this, too, who have to now look at a screen? It's hard to teach individuals mm -hmm. in the in the way that they need to be taught when you're just staring at a screen. Girl, it's hard for some of these teachers to get to the screen. I, feel I know, for, right? My mother's been a teacher for 40 years. God bless her soul because she's going to struggle. And I told her, I said, sis, it might be time to go ahead and retire, baby. It might be time to let this go because <laughs> you, <laughs> I can't help you. Yeah. I can't help you, you know. I, I don't know what to do because, you know, if you can't grasp the, you know, the level of technology that you're going to have to employ right now to get this thing straight, I don't know what to tell you because what I don't employ that you do is set out on this, this, in this situation of not going to school and offer these kids a subpar situation because you can't understand the technology or you can't know what you got going on on your side of the fence because there are so many you're pieces to four this puzzle. three generations away from you know the technology that's in front of you and you don't know what you're doing yeah. you know and it's unfortunate and I'm not I'm not discouraging teachers who are behind that learning curve, but that's a challenge is what I'm saying. That's going to be a major challenge. It's already an issue for the students to figure out, you know, how to get what they need in that instance. But you have a lot of teachers right now that are like, the hell is this? <laughs> and what am I going to do about this? Yeah. And they don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of it also has to do with that planning you know, um, planning is going to be critical and really thinking about, okay, what do we have in place already? Mm -hmm. What's working, you know, and what's not working as opposed to reacting to crisis mode. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in crisis mode, it's like, okay, we do this, we do that. If it fails, if it works, it's like, what is the plan and how efficient and effective is the plan so that everybody gets what they need? But in order to do that, you 
also need a it needs to be a collective you know process this is not a you know just rps thing you know so it's the training it's the mm -hmm. you know the resources that we need and then it's the you know what about the young people and the kids and the students that they need in order to be able to be successful and so it's really kind of like throwing everything out on the table and then really formulating a plan mm -hmm. that leads to success but i think what i have noticed is we talk about what we want to do but then in the process of us talking about what we want to do you have like 17 people mm -hmm. you know with their bright ideas yeah yeah and and that begins to get convoluted and they genuinely want to help you know right. everybody wants to help like I don't personally I mean we can keep it real as we can we know that this is part of a 400 year you know systemic oppression we get mm -hmm. that but but I also think that the help sometimes can also be a hindrance just because mm -hmm. if we have like one person leading and then pulling in the things that we need, I feel like we can be a little bit more effective. But mm -hmm. and that, you know, takes a, a huge amount of strategy, you know, and it takes a huge yeah. amount of courage, you know, to, to, to say this is what we're doing and then moving, you know, adding in the pieces as opposed yeah. to just allowing all of these different pieces who have access or feel like they have a stake as well Absolutely. into RPS to make decisions for our kids. Yeah. Um, and so I would just like to see at some point, you know, we all get to like this one vision, you know, and this mm -hmm. one vision of for RPS and then looking at our partners and then looking at, you know, our communities and then mm -hmm. using all of that to like move this thing forward. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard. It's challenging. You know, it's challenging. It is challenging. And I don't even... You you know, because I'm a parent, right? And then you have partners, and then you have the administration, and then you have the school board. And so everybody's looking, you know, to everyone to make the right decision. I, again, like I said, ultimately, I don't think no one's, you know, trying to create a train wreck, but it just happens sometimes when there's so many hands in the pot. I was going to say, flashback to uh, <laughs> rezoning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? And, you know, it... It started out as a, a plan to introduce and invoke, you know, equity into our school system. And the fact that in 2020, we have to talk about invoking and introducing equity into a school system, into a city that's 48% African-American. And we had teachers with red shirts on that stood up at these rezoning meetings, you know, and said, ah, I don't like this social experiment. And I mean, just real, very clear, explicit dog whistles of racism. And these are teachers in the classroom yeah. that are teaching yeah. these black and brown students. Yeah. It's, it kind of reiterates, you know, there are lots of ideas that may be on the table and sometimes even the greatest ideas that are put forth for the greater good of all the students they even get knocked down by vested stakeholders in the process who can sometimes be teachers and parents and so on and so forth uh, for whatever reasons right it's important that we as a community are able to have honest respectful real conversations about 
what's really being said, what's needed versus you telling a community what's needed for them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier. I think that's that's the challenge that we find in Richmond is we have a lot of small people telling big communities mm-hmm. what they need when you have big ask or big needs that get small responses or small solutions every time. Yeah, because, I mean, I think if I had to think back to my experience, most of the time in order to get my kids in good, as we like to classify in Richmond, good, school. good schools, mm-hmm. you know, you had to do the lottery, you know, yeah. and some of the experiences were amazing, but some of the experiences were a nightmare, huh. you know. I do think that it was a gift and a curse. Like, my daughter has white friends that she's had for over mm-hmm. 19 years, you know, 17 years now, but she's also had black friends from these integrated schools, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a plus, but it also, it didn't come with, you know, the fact that your blackness didn't weren't you know wasn't wanted here mm-hmm. and so I think um, when you do think of rezoning and you know trying to move these kids around I think the the, the true thing is it's like we need consistency mm-hmm. you know and if if every so often you have to rezone like that to me is a problem in and of itself because yeah, we have to do that yeah. you know I grew up just going to the same schools. I went to whatever school was in my neighborhood, whatever school was in my area. You went from elementary to public to high school. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to do a whole lot of shifting around unless it was a better opportunity and our parents were like, you're gonna go over here. Right. And so that was a little different for me also coming here and seeing like you actually had to apply for a better school or apply to mm-hmm. you know, get in or you know, that showed the gap. Socioeconomic yeah, status. Yeah, and how like, like, you can't really get in here without a screening process, so to speak. You wow. Know? I think, for me, I think working in and, and, and trying to, in the knife, what I would like to see is that our communities see the exact same value, mm-hmm. you know, in those black and brown communities as we do in other communities. Because, I mean, we have some great people, some great families, some great students. And I've only been in the knife three years, you know, but, I mean, it's some great folks over there mm-hmm. and it's to, to the fact that you have to keep even bringing it up uh-huh. you know in, in reference to, to a certain district yeah is something that we need to work towards changing and dismantling Absolutely. because we all are one school system you know no matter what district you live in and if we can find a way to coexist and understand that you might be across this side of the river or you might be across this side of the river the goal and that includes parents that includes partners that includes you know like you say the big and the little voices Mm -hmm. you know to understand that these families deserve just as much Mm -hmm. you know as any other you know citizen of this city because they pay their taxes you know and 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 they have a right to access to resources Mm -hmm. and all those things that tend to be limited over you know, south side. of the James, yeah, and exactly. and I, and and for me, ultimately, I want to see families and 
women and mothers, like when this is all said and done, to feel empowered, to feel like, oh, I could do this. Because when you think about it, most people don't even know who their school board rep is. Nope. Because we don't make the connection between school board and our communities. Right. You know, we look at that as just like the policy holders and the people that make the decisions, but mm -hmm. we are really more community members before we are in my opinion, school boards, because if I'm not helping to move a community forward, me sitting here making a decision is just like a corporate, you know, mm -hmm. giant making a decision as to whether or not I'm going to buy this building or that building. There you go. And um, so definitely got to do a little bit better with that. So what do you want your constituents to know about where you want to see the ninth go for RPS? I'm, I'm going to be honest, like, during this whole COVID, like, I love, 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 love the way Jason Cameron's, like, ha like his, his um, emails that he sent every day. Man, if we could just do something like that, maybe individually as school board members or what like I love the way he communicates to the partners the families um that's definitely something I haven't experienced as a part of RPS and I think that that is huge and I just want the you know our constituents to also know that you do have the administration but you also have your school board member who is also in this space mm -hmm. advocating on your behalf and just get to know us and i want to build relationship and community with those constituents because again i'm guilty of this myself and i'm just going to be tro totally transparent you go in you got to vote you don't even really know the name Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. that's something that needs to change because we're making decisions on behalf yeah. of you and your family. Yeah. So if I'm not out there doing all that I can, because sometimes it's not always on my thing, but if I'm doing, if I'm not doing all that I can to connect with you, then I'm not, I'm doing my, my myself a disservice in this role Absolutely. because I can't expect you to show up and do all these things when you don't even know who I am. But I also can't expect for you to figure out who I am. I got to come to you. So that's right. one of the things I want them to know like that I'm here I'm real I'm I'm you you know mm -hmm. and that I'm, I'm I'm here to work with you for you and 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 it is a part of you know the administration so that we can continue to try to get this thing right yes and how can they reach you how can they find you how can they read up on the platform that you're running on right now for school board yeah yeah so I haven't officially made my announcement okay. <laughs> so okay. again this is my first interview with you guys but um, I do plan on launching all social media platforms and so I don't want to give it out just yet okay um, okay but it will be ninth district Nicole okay and so it'll be on all social media platforms It'll Got be it. launched in the next day or so. Okay. Um, and they can reach me there. I'm not going to get my phone number because I feel like it'd probably be blowing up. But... <laughs> But wait till you get one issued for yeah, school board. You know, you know, you know. That's what I was saying. I was like, now should I put my phone number up here no, or no? Nah? Not yet. But I'm, but I'm here. You know, I'm here and I'm here for the long haul. I'm here for the the process of you know what administration is doing. I'm here for the school board and I'm here for the families and the constituents of the ninth district. And so ninth district Nicole will be what you'll be able to connect. That's on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, okay. Don't go today because. 
I haven't finished fixing everything, setting everything up, but I will be available. Okay. <laughs> and when it's up, we'll put it on our website underneath your candidate awesome, profile. So. Awesome, awesome, Yeah, and it's pretty much it. And again, just taking it day by day, you know, taking it day by day and seeing what unfolds as I walk this journey. Um, and so again, like I said earlier, you know, running on a pose is beautiful, but it's not, you know, I don't take that lightly. You know, I'm, I'm really looking at, like, I'm not, and I said this to someone else, like, I'm not looking to just be a seat filler. Yeah. You know, I want to really be a part of the process and the uh, the solution as well. Well, yes. thank you so much, Nicole. Yes. Thank you. It's been great. We really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing about your, your plan as a school board member, wrapping the ninth. Yes, wrapping the ninth. And it's so good to meet you guys. Like I said, I heard so much about you. And just thank you for what you all do and, you know, your platform that you use to give us a space to kind of learn us and learn about us and um, that's important too. Come back anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Well, Come I will. On back. I will. Because uh, we definitely like to uh, boost the voices of those who are representing us so that folks know what you're doing. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Thank Take you care. so much. And good luck. I mean, I know you're running unopposed, but still, good luck. It's, yeah. I mean, it's still good luck. Ele election season is, is rough on everyone, Anybody no matter what your circumstance. Now for the council portion of today's candidate forum, 9th District incumbent councilman and unopposed candidate. Where you going? I'm going to see Mike. Who? Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Mike Jones. How's it going? Mike Jones. Who? <laughs> Mike Jones. Hey, I'm telling you what was so hype was when George Floyd's family was here and his brothers were up there uh, the night of the unveiling. And they're they from Houston, so same place that Mike Jones is from. Yep. And so to get them to start that chant out there in the crowd, that was really <laughs> dope. I'm not going to lie. That, that, I, I blushed. I oh, blushed. Lord. My brown that. cheeks blushed. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? Hey, it is, it, man, y'all like family, RVA Dirt. First, let me congratulate y'all. Man, y'all chosen the best. Man, oh, one of the man. best. That is so awesome. That is so, I'm so proud of y'all. That's cool. That's that was crazy. Thank you so much. Yeah. We appreciate it. You know, I'm sure you're you're probably well into the Green Coat Club at this point on the show, man. You've definitely earned your Green Coat. <laughs> I know. No, we're always hey, Just give me gummy that. bears. That's all I need. That's right? all I require. All those damn gumbies. Yes, indeed. Them gumbies. But we're always excited to have you. We always have a good time, a rousing conversation. I don't see why this would be any different. No, let's um, keep it going. You have had quite the first term, sir. A probably I have. more it, eventful one than, than most council folks. I have. It has. I, I've learned a lot. I really have learned all. a lot in four years. And so it's been a blessing to serve the, the residents of the ninth district. You know, I don't know what it means to run unopposed. I don't know if that means no one wanted to run or they were afraid to run or whatever, but you know, I'm glad that I'm going to have another opportunity to continue serving and to continue building on some of the, some of the, the, the wins and momentum that we have going uh, on right now. 
So I'm excited about that. Yes. And you've had some some big wins. You've had some long marathons that we maybe we haven't quite gotten to the finish line yet, right? But we, we're almost there, right? But Man, the, the end, I can see the light and it's not a train. Yeah, we, and so <laughs> I can, I can you know, but, but it, it's cool though. So I can sit back and just watch everyone else get in and scurry and try and make everything else happen. But Monuments is done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. And so I don't have to try and get, you know, overly involved in who they go to or what's going to happen with them. My job is done. So I'm just glad about that. But we've got a we've got a lot of good things done in the ninth district beyond just the monuments. Monuments, that's that's just a big cherry on top. Yeah, tell the uh, folks. Tell the folks what that, you've been doing for your district. It's a heck of a cherry, uh, but it, it's a cherry nonetheless. And so I, I think what I'm proud about is the fact that we're getting two new schools built in my district. We went from zero to two because we, at first I went to the mayor's office when we were talking about meals tax and, you know, all the advocacy coming north of the river. I'm not going to lie. They were pushing hard for Mm -hmm. schools on the other side of the river. And everything that I heard was that they were going to get them. You know, I'm not going to hate the advocacy that that goes on. I can only try and match uh, what they're doing. So I'm not, I will never hate on someone's advocacy and their activism. Uh, I'll just try to ramp my game up. And so you know, I got with some residents in the ninth district and we put a plan together uh, to make sure that, you know, hey, people could hear our voice as well. I know I had made some promises up front of intent that, you know, because I had a lot of a lot of uh, constituents that wanted to see Elkhart rebuilt because that was a hole in our corridor and right, right on Hall Street. And so our current school board representative, Linda Owens, she really wanted to see Green Elementary built. That, that was her piece. Okay. And so... I really couldn't get over into that side and and cross cross boundaries and really step on her toes. So I had to respect the fact that she wanted a green elementary and she knew my position on wanting Elkhart rebuilt. Because again, for me, it just wasn't about school. It was about, man, my my corridor and how my corridor looks. And so I just started floating out there. Man, look, if y'all not going to use it, (laughs) deed it back to the city so I can sell it. So we can get it sold and get some development on it. And so like my mother said, I'm sure y'all heard this saying, uh, that's not a threat, that's a promise. I don't, I don't make threats. Mm-hmm. And so it came down and we're ending up, dude, two new schools. And I think it is so, so dope for the students and families of the ninth district. So now you put Green Elementary with Elkhart Middle and the last school that we had built was Miles Jones Elementary. And so I've got out of my, you know, five, six schools. I've got some really awesome looking schools. Mm-hmm. I've got to work on a couple others and get some things done. But off rip, it is a wonderful, wonderful start a to start. a district that's been overlooked from a resource standpoint for years. We flooded in our last storm. By the time this is aired, we, we flooded on our last storm yeah. simply because we've not kept the promise of basic infrastructure in the ninth district. And so I think that's the biggest thing I'm proud of. Second thing uh, would be the, the flood mitigation plan that we're putting together. We had DPU put together a plan. And so now my next four years, it's 
all right, give me a funding strategy for that plan and really learn that process. And I think that's what I've learned coming on the council. I just expected everything to happen just overnight and it doesn't. Wills of government move so much slower. So I'm learning that game and say, all right, hey, we got the study. Now let me get a funding plan. Now let's implement all that. And so, you know, that that's the goal. It's going to take seven to 10 years, but I want to start right now to start chipping away at that. Uh, next thing, hey, you can't deny Rosie's and the impact that Rosie's is having on the city of Richmond from a tax standpoint. COVID kind of slowed it down a little bit. But the reason why that was a win and a win-win, we had, y'all may remember, we had two homicides right at that Motel 6 within six months. Yeah. yeah. Right? In the, and so to bring the type of attention that we needed to stop some of the nonsense, Violent Reduction Task Force, they're working to do their thing, but to develop that space so there's no more gun shows and things of that nature going on. Rosie's put together a really professional looking, really just classy, classy development there. Now uh, they bought up some other blighted properties, which was huge. And so that area, we were able to close down the street and make it no parking. And so because we'd get, we would have so many tractor trailers parking back there doing a whole lot of, you know, tractor trailer type stuff, not really? hating, but it was like, look, Hey, we don't want some nonsense going on back there. And so you know, Motel 6 complained about it. And so this was an opportunity for us to get it all fixed up. Next thing, man, they pledged to give uh, Miles Jones Elementary a half a million dollars over five years. Mm -hmm. uh, that's huge. The one thing our schools don't have on the South Side, we don't have uh, the major PTA backing that, you know, a Fox would have. And so for the principal to have a check brought directly to her school, not through the RPS Foundation. It's a game changer. And it's a guaranteed check. And it's a guaranteed check. That check, that check cometh. And so, so many checks are coming in. At first, I'm like, yes, let me, I want to be there for all the check presentations. Man, them checks kept coming in. I'm like, Doc, go and get your check, girl. Go and get your bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm happy that the students at Miles Jones are just, man, they're getting some cool stuff going on in their school. And so, man, that dude, we've got the B3 zoning that's about to that pass. That was my next question. Like, so where's that going? Is that's been two years. Yeah. That's been two years, two long years. Yes. Oregon Hill, their association tried to step up right here at the last uh, planning commission, but it's coming out of planning commission with unanimous approval and it'll go before council in September. And it, it I think I've got the votes. And so that's going to go through. And so that means people in ninth district, we get control of what goes in our neighborhoods now. About uh, time. About time. What your listeners may not understand, B3 zoning allows for all different types of adult usages, strip clubs, wood nightclubs, if there wasn't a nightclub ordinance now, separate amendment, adult novelty shops, used car shops, parking lots to sell used cars. Gosh, payday loans. Yeah, so this, is, this, this amendment is going to impact no more payday loans in the ninth district outside of what's there. And so that that's huge for us. 80% of the city's B3 zoning is in the 8th and 9th district. Mm -hmm. So I hope my colleague in the 8th would support this. I hope so, right? It would be pure negligence on her part to not vote and support this. And so that that's going to pass in September. So that's still a part of my, my first term. That's huge. Yeah. That that's huge. And so we're out ahead of the Richmond 300 plan. Part of the plan was to change the B3 zoning and let people understand the issue. Can y'all name the district that has zero B3 zoning in it? One. 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 <laughs> <laughs> One. That's a lonely number, right? <laughs> has zero. Yeah. And so that means the other six districts 
will divide up that 20%. But the eighth and ninth, we carry the brunt of it. And so I know Oregon Hill, they have their concern, and rightly so, but it's not greater than the concern of the ninth. So we dropped the height requirement. They took it up to seven stories to deal with density. But, you know, Oregon Hill had some concerns. So I'm like, okay, I'm fine with taking it back down to its original height. That's cool. But all this other stuff needs to go. So those are just a few of the things. I mean, man, handing out turkeys, 2,000 turkeys, handing out backpacks. So many different things. We, uh, Wow. We, uh, we're finally getting money together for our Southside Community Center. Michelle Mosby was able to get it acquired, but I came in and we got funding for programming, funding to tear it down and to make a full-scale plan for the rest of the development. We did a lot of great things with Broad Rock Library that it's open seven days a week. And that's important on the Ninth District side because people don't have access to fax machines and, and internet. So they go in there and get their Wi-Fi on. Yes, indeed. Those are just some of, I mean, there's a other things there's actually something cool that's coming up and well i know it may not (laughs) yes indeed yes indeed this is this is awesome one person i truly respect their work and what they bring to the table is brother manifest duran he has a green thumb he's got one black one but he's got one green one for sure (laughs) so Council gets $12,000 a year for our district funds. And so we can use them for different things. I bought trash cans and mats and different things, national night out, cookouts and all that stuff. But I said, you know what? I want to leave a different type of legacy. And so I got with Duran and we, he's actually, I said, man, look, I got 2K. What can we get built? He's like, man, we, we can get a great big old garden going. So we're actually going to start a community garden in the yes! district. And what, what's important I need I need the black and brown children of the ninth district to see a black brother doing it because we always think gentrification when we think community gardens we just do and yeah. so I need them to see a brother brother because that's who we see on TV doing it yeah that's who we see on TV doing it so I need him I do I need his I need his dreads extra kinky you know Ooh. extra locked up I need him out there because they dude our need kids to need it. to see that yes they, they need to see that but then sit down and talk to the brother and be like, yes. go in their mouths I because don't. the brother yeah. is a genius and just have them blow their minds, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited about that. So for me, we met with Parks and Rex and it was so funny. Uh, I was rushing. So, you know, when I'm rushing, I have little, you know, I have less time. I'm a little brash. And so they were like, well, yes, we can, oh, we, we can sell these vegetables. I'm like, how? I'm about to say something. I'm like, how are we going to take my money, grow some vegetables and sell it to my folk? That ain't happening. I said, here's who we can sell it to. We can box up these Southside vegetables take them to the restaurants on the ninth district side, sell it to them, but bring the proceeds back here. Dude, I, I want people to come and be able to get fruits and vegetables for free. Thank you. And if there's anything yeah. that I put my district funds to, man, to have vegetables, to get people to partner. And because I, as I'm out doing my walks right now, I'm seeing <clears throat> folk that are doing their own gardens in their backyards. I'm like, look, hey, we're going to have something jumping off at Broad Rock Sports Complex. We're going to have a community garden down there. I may need your help. They're like, oh, man, oh, cool. And so so I'm excited about that piece. That, I already told Ron, I'm coming for a photo op. I'm not doing jack in that garden because I would mess it up. I can kill a cactus. I can kill a cactus and a palm tree. That's so you all don't right. want me anywhere near it. And I, I, so, and I already told him, I'm like, look, man, you can already tweet now. Mike just came for the photo op. Yep, because you don't want me ruining your pro, you. I'd much rather have you talk about me for the photo op than talk about the fact that I killed your garden. Yes. I gave him a sustainable garden. There How you can you kill something that's sustainable? Yeah. You know, but Mike Jones did it. 
So no, but there I, are people I think, in your district that would be more than willing to help yeah, out, have yeah. the green thumb, and yeah. Ron is just the person to head that. Yeah, so and so really, congrats on that. That's awesome. I, I, I'm excited about that. We we got. I know. I know. I signed the requisition the other day last week. So I'm just excited about it. So we want to have. I forgot the term they use for the type of walkthrough garden that it'll be. But basically, when I grew up, I grew up in a part of San Diego where fruit trees just hung over fences. So we didn't have to steal stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I never bought pomegranates until I went off to college and got grown. I never bought plums because my next door neighbor would just leave his fence open. And we, we, cause you know, we was hood kids. So we was gonna jump the fence and all. He's like, look, man, y'all stop tearing up my fence. <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't collect all these plums. So, and so dude, Mr. Gabriel, he just left the fence open. We would just go in, get us a bag full of plums and bounce. And I didn't, I, I thought we had to come up, but we were, we were actually helping him because to cut his grass, he had to stop and pick up all the plums, you know? And so, so I, I want that in the ninth district where kids can just walk through to grab something off a tree and just keep it moving. Yeah. So that that's what's going on in the ninth. And that, that is just the tip of the iceberg of some of the stuff that we've been, that's just the major stuff that we've accomplished and the monuments cherry on top. Right. Right. You know, CRB, you know, the review board with subpoena power, gosh, <laughs> you know, the Marcus alert, uh, which needs to happen. And so it, it's been a good first term. You got some plans for the next four years? Do I have some plans for the next four? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm coming for all. I'm, I'm coming for it all. My, my goal in the next four is to really focus on eviction. We, we've got to do something about eviction. We've got to do something yes. about housing. And so even in, in our legislative packet that's coming out of my office to uh, to the GA is going to be stuff focusing on eviction, tenant rights, things of that nature. We have to really get that buttoned up. Uh, I, I honestly believe now in the next five years, we are in crisis mode uh, where there's going to be a new face to homelessness. You know, right now, folk are just looking at, oh, okay, person, mental health challenges. Dude, you're going to have folk that look like us doing what, you know, they sleep exactly sleeping in their cars and just i mean and, and you do I, m one of my musicians uh, that was his testimony for a long time that you know he's playing for churches sleeping in his car and i'm like bro why don't you tell me that you know i'd have done something he's like well man it was just a process i was going through and yeah. so we're gonna have more of that these young folk trying to trying to figure out and make their way and so housing is going to be a real major piece and i'm not going to talk out of both sides of my mouth where i'm not going to feed the fox and you know leave the hen house open right and so it's like i need to close the door on the tax abatement program we really got to figure that out on council about who we can't help people that need affordable housing and developers that need a tax break. We can't do that. We, we, we just simply can't. Uh, second piece I'm gonna work on is gonna be, I'm gonna jump, jump into uh, uh, minority business enterprises, real hard and heavy, because if we talk about uh, knees on next, we gotta talk about knees on purse strings as well. Speak on that. Yeah, yeah, and so it, it, it's crazy the, you know, when you talk, when you talk about supplier collusion, if a gallon of paint costs the supplier $5.50, right? And he'll sell it to the white general contractor for $6.50, but to the black contractor for $10.50. Excuse me, why Fran has a shout. Yes, that, that, that's, that's wrong. It's still the same gallon of paint. And you can't base it on, okay, I understand that he bought 
100 gallons from you last year, oh. that shouldn't dictate such a huge pricing disparity on this particular project. And my friends, that's called the black tax. Yes, indeed. And it's a heavy tax. The black developer will come in and say, well, here's my price, but they're already 20% higher on material costs for the same job. So it's not that the white developer is going to use less on this particular job. It's the same job and we're bidding the same supplies. And so that that's going to be my thing where the city of Richmond has got to look at how we spend uh, with black contractors. And the mayor can't get up and talk about a city with a 23, 26% poverty rate and not do anything to help black businesses. Can't do it. And so man, I'm, I'm just going to hold people's feet to the fire. So those are the the major initiatives that I want to deal with that are kind of city of Richmond, global macro level type stuff I want to work on since I'm on council. In district stuff is going to be the same thing. Infrastructure, we can't flood. When it drizzles, it floods in the ninth district. Y'all just going to drown there if you don't get help. Yeah, yeah. And so so we're really going to focus on uh, fixing our infrastructure, really going to focus on, believe it or not, and this is sad, speeding. We've got to do speed mitigation in the ninth district. Our number two issues, flooding and speeding. And so the, the budget, gosh, the budget for speed tables citywide is $200,000. The need in the ninth district alone on just a few of our arteries is $288,000. Okay, it's probably more than that. And so, and, but we're only talking about six roads. We're not talking about every neighborhood that could use speed tables. I could probably use close to 1.2 million to take care of the ninth district, but that's needed so my folk can walk safely. Yeah. So we can walk safe. And, and I'm not going to lie. I do have a speed demon. I have a speed demon inside of me that when I, <laughs> I the music starts going, I will, I'm not going to lie. And I'm, you know, I'll get speeding. And I was coming down Swanson today. I'm like, oh, snap. Speed table, boom, boom. And then I'm like, okay, here come another speed table. And so that slowed my speed down okay. because I was thinking, man, dude, I had 18 million different things going on. Mm -hmm. And so, boom, I'm just going fast. That speed table slowed my behind down. Mm -hmm. And so I need to do that throughout my district. And I mean, I, I went out just to talk to a lady about some code enforcement issues with her neighbors. We started talking about the plate she had in her arm from getting hit on Warwick Road. It's like, come on, people. People should not be getting hit by cars in 2020. Just shouldn't be happening. And so we can't bike. We can't walk safely. They probably, would get, they probably would get hit by less cars if they had sidewalks. No doubt, right? And so that that's my thing. So those are my two top priorities. And a lot of it is just going to be to bring awareness to it and try to put the plans in place to get it. Because again... I don't control that aspect. I can't control the projects that come out of DPU. I can't control the projects that come out of DPW, but I'm finna squeal like a stuck hog that y'all <laughs> gotta stop doing the ninth district in the South side this way. I'm just excited. I mean, that, let me tell you, I had a whole shout, I just had a whole shout moment in my car because it's a lot. And I don't know if people realize just how much <laughs> work, cooperation, lobbying pushing it takes to get that much done in a district yeah. one as a first term council person two as the only sitting black man on this council yeah three in a underserved underfunded i mean just yeah. super behind already yeah. you know and district 
you know, where there's need, everything is, is, is bleeding, right? There's, mm-hmm. is, there are not enough band-aids. And so to come into that space and say, all right, I can't fix everything. Let's clot these spots first. Mm-hmm. And to accomplish that much, and let's be real, you took some major hits on a lot of things and it yeah. was not easy. It was not a um, smooth road. It wasn't a pretty road. And this road to the monument situation yeah. was a hard, ugly, ugly one, right? Yeah. But Richmond showed you their asses, like <laughs> yeah. whole asses. But we're here now. Mm-hmm. And, you know? and we're here and they're coming down. And mm-hmm. and and I'm not going to gloat, but I'm not going to people on council aren't going to get a pass mm-hmm. when that vote was two to seven. Thank no, you. You're not getting a pass. You know, you, you, nope. you're just not. And what they might want to do if they're smart is get behind me on these initiative as it relates to race and social injustice. They might want to get behind me on this and, mm-hmm. and, and support me asset forfeiture. Come on. Really? How are we going to take money from the dope boy? reinvested in a system to go catch dope boys even better rather than putting it into services and programs wrap around services is the term to keep people from getting the dope game well like, come on y'all well, these are also the same people that didn't want since we're talking about wrap around services these are the same people that didn't want a drug treatment facility yeah and and, and you know I could I could live with it if this was on the General Assembly. I could kind of live with it, right? And say, well, you know, we can't do it because it's General Assembly, Dylan Rule. We actually have the authority to do these things on council. And yeah. it's like, what the hell are y'all thinking? Yeah, mm-hmm. what, what, what are y'all thinking? And my issue is, my issue is, you know, and, and I said this to Jamie Nolan and the people with the Richmond City Democratic Committee. We have Dems on council that don't act or vote like Democrats and they need to hold these jokers accountable. It's ridiculous. You know, they talk all skin folk and kin folk. That applies to this dim folk as well. Them dim folk act like the other. You know, and I got someone on council saying, I'm a vote yes, but I really want to vote no. Woman, you represent black folk. How the hell you not going to do that? You know, and then you got people again in the midst of the world's, in this country's greatest protest folks still not want to listen to the people that you know to to the streets and what's going on oh we need to hear from folks just say you want to hear from other white white republicans that live in your district i can live with that be a good racist stop i I don't like bad races be a good racist and say that i want to hear from other racist people because they're not all for this to fund the police i never said to fund the police i just said let's look at how they're spending all their money and see can we allocate some of that or reallocate some of that to the services that can actually get it done correctly but it's actually why why if if we drew drew up public safety the way that we wanted we could possibly end up spending more in public safety right and, but but put it to where we want to do it. That okay, if one of y'all are afraid to handle somebody, put two men, to put two folk in a car. Since 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 you were out there by yourself, and the only way you knew how to handle one situation is to put a couple in them. I get that. Then put some witchy in. But all I'm saying is is that you know people on council have got to do. We've got to act like there are people living in poverty in this uh, in this in this. And, city. and folks that go to the ballot booth need to stop acting like they don't see this nonsense when it goes down. Yeah. If you continue to look at the propaganda that's put in front of you, 
and listen to the propaganda that's fed to you at your district meetings or or that you don't even see and yeah. believe these uh fantastical ideas yeah. Yeah. that people have done such great things when they sat on council for 10, 15, 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. And no, but, can't but, show you growth, can't show you expansion, can't show you a new school, can't dude, show leave, you. Leave me, in this game, leave, leave me in this game for 17 years. Man, I and man, dude, we will have the ninth district will be off the chain if I stayed on this thing for 17 years and learn my way around this system because I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> but dude, let me get 17 years in the game. Oh, it's a wrap. It, it's it's a wrap, but it, it it's sad. It's sad. You know. Again, are we going to reward developers or we could actually come up with and lobby for a tax relief program for all Richmond citizens, for, for everyone who owns a house that lives in this house past two to three years, they can, we can actually cap their assessment. Well, again, we, 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 we can we lobby that, but we can't do that if we're giving away the farm in this tax abatement program to all these developers. Well, then you also need to look at some of these finance reports and see if they're filled with developer, 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 developer. Yeah, that's a new vitamin D, ain't it? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that needs to be exposed because again, you know, not that I'm on this Robin Hood thing, take from the rich, give to the poor. I'm not on that. I'm not on some socialist. I'm all I'm saying is, do we got to do something for the working class people? We got to do something for working families. And and I guess that's who I'm fighting for. If I can make life better for the working class, for working families, everybody from first through ninth will be benefited by that. Well, and so, I mean, but that's that's what that's what that's what white people fought for in COVID. Let's just be real. Let's take a pause for let's have a let's have a reading rainbow moment yeah. real quick, mm-hmm. because we went on a whole break in the state of Virginia, and and really the whole country. The whole country was like time out. Everybody's mm-hmm. getting sick. We need to close it down. Yeah. And then when they, when the report, and I remember we had a show on this and I said, y'all, we're going to have a problem because on CNN every day, they're saying, oh my goodness, this is disproportionately affecting black people. This is disproportionately affecting black people. And I was like, can y'all not say that so loud? Because if y'all keep saying that real loud, the white people going to get mad and they're going to want to open the country back up. And boom, they were like, can y'all hurry up and get them back to work so they can start working again to make me some money? Yeah. Yeah. And, and and with the quickness, the working class was pushed to do what? Yeah. Go back to work. Yeah, yeah. And so why yeah. is it that we can go back to work and be ill and be put into these major risks so that you can collect a check, Yeah. but you don't want us to yeah. live and eat and survive? Yeah, we can't win either way. And so all I'm saying to this is this, from... Congress, the Senate, all the way down to school board. We've got to start fighting for working families. Mm-hmm. This stuff is old. It, it, it's, it's old. And what we're seeing in the streets, people are tired of it. They're, they're, they're just tired of it. And so, you know, even, even people will say, you know, I've heard black folks say, well, you know, too many white people out there protesting and all that stuff. Honestly, if a whole lot more white people had protested in the civil rights era, Stuff would have got done a hell of a lot quicker than it did. Because the only reason why things sped up in the civil rights movement is when they started airing that stuff and white America saw what was going on and they were turned off by that. What would have happened if 
uh, if there were more, because again, there's still more white people in this country than black. What? And so there should be, there should be more white people protesting than black people. Thank there you. should be, just based on raw numbers. Yeah. If all the white people got active and wanted to be an ally, there would always be more white people showing up. Now, it doesn't mean they lead, doesn't mean they do this, but they're there. Uh -huh. And so civil rights would have went down differently if you had 500,000 black folk at the March on Washington and a million white folk right there screaming, yeah, yeah we shall overcome. Uh -huh. you know, but hey, justice is slow, but she's showing up. Slowly but surely. Hey. One, one term at a time, man, one term at a time. Yes, ma'am. And so this one is ending up, you know, my focus is going to be more narrow uh, this next term so we can really get some things done uh, that are going to impact lives. And I'm just excited about that. So I'm just going to fight for working families. And again, when I fight for working families, that's going to help everyone. It's going to help everyone in the seventh, everyone in the sixth, everyone in the first district, because we're all going to prosper together. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're unopposed, but still, good luck. Yep, good luck. Um, you know, we want to see you win. We want to see you, you know, make moves and not just see you win your election, but we want to see the ninth win. We want to see the people of the ninth be well represented, but we want to see the people of Richmond be well represented by not only our council, not only school board, but also have their needs be met. And it's important. I'm smiling because there's a puppy in the background. Yeah, <laughs> they're everywhere. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to your listening audience. Oh, they, oh my gosh. Yes. It's like bridesmaid. <laughs> when old girl brought home all the puppies. She <laughs> has all the puppies at her home. There's three. And two. They are beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. She has all the puppies. I wish this was TV and not radio. That is so awesome. They're so beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to see the I want to see the the people of Richmond, you know, have their needs met and have their needs heard. And it's important when they they have a council person that's willing to do that. So that's absolutely important. And um, you know, good luck to you. And I hope that you have a a develop and continue to develop a strong you know, following and support system behind you to help you implement and continue to implement those things that you have planned for the night. Indeed. If I, if, if I can just, you know, shameless plug, uh, look, if, if you want more information, please follow me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> me at, at the Dr. Yep. Mike Jones. That's the easiest way from a political standpoint. Uh, I'll be rolling out my website here soon. My goal for this election is to really set up an infrastructure and really take this thing serious, right? Not that I didn't before, but you know, there, there are certain things politicians have got to do to just have an infrastructure. So that's um, that that's what I'm doing this go around because I'm not this isn't a fly by night operation. I'm serious about what I'm doing and I want to engage with uh, citizens in the ninth district and on the south side. Not that I'm trying to be T.I. King of the South, um, <laughs> but I am trying to make sure that the south side uh, gets because we all butt up against each other. Um, and so I have to have the yeah. 8th district doing well. 5th has to do well. You know, the 6th has to do well. And so, and the, I mean, even the 4th, all those, I butt up against all of those. And so when, when one wins, we all win. But when one loses, we all lose as well. And so the 4th got to get over themselves. The 8th got to get over themselves. 6th, the ninth, we all got to get over our own little individual kingdoms and say, look, there's a South side thing that needs to happen. 
Uh, so people will stop branding it south of the James and just be willing to say, hey, what up, Southside, right? Yeah, yep. we appreciate it. Richmond listeners, you know what time it is. Go out and support your ninth district. These are your ninth district candidates uh, for school board and for city council. And this is a great way to be engaged. I know that they are unopposed, but I'm sure their campaigns need help too. So there's a space and place to do that. You've got their information to contact them both. We'll post them in the comments. And as always, Flint still has dirty water. Now so does New Jersey. And I think Richmond does too, because y'all out here wilding. So yeah. maybe we do too. I don't know. Yeah. And uh, RPS was fully funded last year, but they're going to need that times 12 to get through this situation we're facing right now. So let's get on that. And as always, Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we working on that too. Holla at you next week. Talk to you next week for the 8th District Forum. Yay! <laughs> Rise up, love, lift your hands. I stand with you because I understand. Ain't here to judge just to take a stand. The greater plans, the creator's plan. Let's all rise like the day began. Reach out and touch with the Savior's hand. On rock we stand like his native land. Let the ways of love be the ways of man.